2: Welcome to the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast.
1: Well, there, has got the better of it, and he looks to get the better of Michael. Arsenal win again, beating Brighton at the Emirates 2-0, and the Player of the Season trophy is surely locked up now, as once again, Arsenal are undefeated in the absence of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith, and you can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner. I think it's safe to say that Ox was the curse. Ox was the problem. That sans Ox, we are... uh, Invincible, really. I mean, there's really no other word for it. I I hate to invoke that term, but I think both of my podcast mates that are here today will agree. Arsenal will go the rest of the season without losing now that Oxlade-Chamberlain is gone. Um, We will talk a little bit about the match. Unfortunately, it was marred, I understand, by... Um, selfies being taken at the ground, and certainly that sort of thing has no place in football, and, and I'm sure we will all tut-tut about it and tell foreigners that they are filthy and dirty and shouldn't come to the Emirates. Um, uh, additionally, what we're going to do today towards the tail end of the podcast, we are going to get into a little bit of the alexis Ox, uh, Ozil debate uh, in the wake of rumors that Ozil may be off to United and that maybe the, they had upset their teammates by not showing up for media responsibility. We'll dive into that a little bit, but we should break down the uh, the game against whoever we played. Brighton, I think, is the name of the team I have written here. Um, and I have two people on the podcast, so I'll introduce them. Pod, uh, Pod is on Twitter at podcast.twitter.com. Uh, Paul at Paws in My Pants. Hello, Paul. Hello. Yep, good to talk to you. And Clive is on Twitter at Clive P-A-F-C. Bonsoir, Clive.
2: Hello, hello.
1: Bonsoir, indeed. Um, So, okay. Um, I think we got a little lucky with Awobi being fit. I I think it only made sense that it would be Alexis Awobi and Lacazette up front. Once again, we didn't get CO's in there because of (coughs) injury. (coughs) Uh, Benched. Because he's being left out of the squad until he goes to United. We'll get on to that. But... Uh, no, but so that that kind of picked itself. The backline kind of picked itself with Kachalny not being available, and sort of everything just fell into place the way it was expected. And I am going to tell you guys something surprising. I watched this game not on Twitter, which means two things: one, I saw it, which yikes, let's not do that again. But two, I wasn't influenced by the anxiety and the critique that was going on and uh, the hive mind that is Twitter. And as a result, I came away thinking this was really an exceptional performance. I think that if you take away the last 15 or 20 minutes where the combination of the substitutions and the impending international break and the fact that the game was pretty much put to bed led to us maybe taking our foot off the gas overall i thought this was great xg bears it out i think it was like 2.6 to point six or something like that we really dominated the game they had one shot on target so i thought it was a great performance but there were some issues here that i think are interesting and the the player that obviously comes in for a lot of focus right off the bat is alex awobi paul Awobi is an interesting player. He scores a goal in this game. He definitely added some of the energy we needed in that position, and yet I find he frustrates me because um, he doesn't always make the pass that that looks like it's on, particularly in the counterattack. But early on, Brighton were sitting really deep, and unlike games in the past where we would just sort of slide the ball back and forth, I thought there was a lot of good movement. I thought Awobi was popping up into good positions. Were you impressed with how Iwobi has sort of, after really being out of the team for a while, slotted back in and looked like he fits as a member of the first team.
0: Paul. was that? Yeah, was, sorry. Sorry,
1: to... uh, sorry, let me address you by your real name, pod at com.
3: Okay. Um, I didn't have any big thoughts on Iwobi um, <laughs> prior to this, except now you say, yeah, he has come back in full force. I think he's... He's looking really good. I think he's an interesting counterpoint to Alexis. I'm not. I'm not feeling a great missing of Ozil. Uh, I think it brings out a bit more Ozil-ness in Alexis's game when uh, Ozil isn't around. He's a, Maybe he's not, but in my mind, he can be freer. Uh, kind of sitting behind the striker. Uh, I, when I looked at Alexis's touches. Sure, they, they dominate a little bit from the left, but he's really all over anywhere in the in the ten spot. He's there. Um, we lacked a guy to to get the ball over the top, uh, but S- Sanchez did that on a number of occasions here. There wasn't a lot of space in behind to get it in behind. Um, so I think he covers a lot of the bases, and that allows Iwobi to do the uh, to be to run at the box, to run more directly and. It certainly paid off in this game. I I thought he looked very good. I agree he's come back in um, with his head screwed on right. Um, You know, Wenger said a couple of times that what he's told Iwobi has to do is goals and assists. Mm -hmm. And Iwobi said something similar. So it seems like he's got the memo. Um, And, you know, he he got this chance and he, he didn't try to finesse it. He decided to leather it. Um so that's as sophisticated as my thoughts got on it. Yeah. I, I think he's a nice, ba- a nice balance with Alexis and Ozil not being in for a co- in, um, encourages Alexis to be a bit more of the joker and a little bit more of the creator um, and a little freer, at least. A, a it, little less expensive to us when he loses loses the ball.
1: It does seem to push Alexis out further to the wings, right? Because Awobi tends to play that role more centrally. And I think he, he also comes in and links up with midfield a little more than Ozil does to give us a little more of that possession. Now, that may just be because of how this game played out. And, Clive, I, I really thought there were three periods to this game. There was the opening period where they sat in a really deep, low block and sort of invited us to try to break them down. After the goal, there was the period where they tried to come at us a little more and we had a lot of transition opportunities that I don't think we did as well with. And then the final period of the game, which was after the second goal, after the substitutions where the game petered out. And I'm not really as interested in that one in the first period, in the period where they were sitting in the low block. um, Lacazette obviously had the chance that he uh, banged off the post early. That really would have been sensational. Not a lot came off for him on the day, unfortunately. But I thought that, this was not just your typical Arsenal lateral passing sort of lull you to sleep. There seemed to be better movement. As far as that front three, that Lacazette-Alexis, who will be front three, in the absence of Ozil, is that really the one that works for you? I mean, is is it a case of we have a lot of talented attacking players, but maybe not that all fit together uh, in the absence of any of these three players or Ozil?
2: Yeah, I mean, the three of them look good. I think, you know, with West Bromstead in my mind, Soon as soon as the game started, and you see sort of bright drop away, I had a sort of sense of relief because, as we know, against West Brom, they pressed us early. They pressed our key ball players, and, mm-hmm. that, and maybe they weren't quite as sharp as they normally were. Particularly Shaka on the day, and, and we all felt nervous in that in that first half. And seven chances later, we just got away with it, right? So um, it was interesting. I felt Shaka looked a lot sharper. So and straight away they dropped away, and it was almost so there was not just relief to a watching fan like myself, but the players could then get their rhythm really nicely. So we passed along the back, so we had a nervous holding, great, he's getting lots of touches. Mustafi's getting lots of touches, Monreal, the perfect defender all of a sudden. He's the one that gets the most touches and and we're off and rolling, we're playing for the thirds nicely. But what Brian did, they compressed the area outside the box and it becomes like a tight dribbling area. And strangely, when we saw Ramsey in that position um, against West Brom, we saw sort a of question: his security on the ball. But if you look at a skill set of of Alexis and Iwobi, their main skill set is tight dribbling in small spaces. And in a strange way, Bryan played right into our hands. They probably just took a conservative approach by dropping away, trying to compress the lines and trying to stop us creating on the edge of the area. But particularly in the second half, once Alexis broke free they were just too creative and got some in product. So, I, I like I like these three. Um, I like their sort of physicality. I like their speed and invention. I think it's a good mix there. But also, sometimes, you know, Ramsey, you know, he's very hard to pin down. He's very hard to control. When he sees something, he feels something, he goes for it, right? He's got the personality to go for it. And when that happens, it puts lots of defensive responsibility on Ozil. And as we saw against okay, Liverpool, if he doesn't fancy it. Then it's all over. Mm. But Awoya is still, he's still young enough. He still cares enough. He's still trying to impress enough to say I'll fill back in. And there are there are occasions when he doesn't do it, actually. And I, I would like to see the standards of recovery be a lot higher. I think sometimes he can be a bit lazy. But maybe they just that was a period of the game where we were in control. I remember watching it thinking, "Come on, mate, get your legs going. You're not you haven't made it yet." you've scored, you still got to recover back into your hole and do things properly. So um but I like the balance of that of that three. Um I do miss Urza at home. I think we can we can afford him. And football fans' memories are very, very short. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and we suddenly we're trying to rubbish him and all we're doing really is we're protecting our own feelings, right? We're reading things about potentially him going and where he could be going and so we're looking at other players like Iwobi and Jack and Ramsey and looking at if they can do the job and and so we don't miss him when if we're really honest with ourselves deep down when he's not there we're just not quite as smooth as when he is there however the last few games might be four clean sheets in the trot um you know there's another side of the game as well as I've always said and clean sheets give you lots of confidence. So Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just um, it's just it's just the next phase, right? We are building to the next phase. Who owns this team dynamic going forward? Will it be Wobe? Well I think he'll be one of the people that we consider, that's for sure.
1: I, I think it's it what has to happen with the Wobie is I think he just has to get sharper in terms of executing final balls. I mean he did score, kind of struck it right through the keeper, to be honest, but you know, goal is a goal, he hit it well. Um but for a player who sort of pops up in good positions and helps us keep the ball well and links up pretty well, he doesn't have the final ball that Ozil has. He doesn't have the dagger ball, the through ball, the the ball on the counterattack. And and Paul, where I thought we suffered. So so Nacho gets the goal. And we've we've waxed poetic about him, I, I think on the very our most recent pod, and he deserves all the praise that he's getting. He's he's a player that had probably been underappreciated, but maybe now not so much. He comes up with the goal and then Brighton tried to come out at us, and, and it seemed like their plan was to hit it long to the wings and try to attack us that way. I thought there was a period where they got a lot of corners, they got a lot of free kicks, they got a lot of balls in the box, and actually Check did really well commanding his area. The one thing that I think makes Check a good keeper for us in a way that that Ospina can't be in the Premier League is a game like this where Check just comfortably claimed a lot of balls in his area throughout the course of the game. But we managed to get the ball off them a lot as they came out more and had a lot of counterattacking opportunities. And I sort of jotted some down. There was one where Lacazette had the whole attacking half of the pitch to run into, and Ozil, Ozil. unfortunately it wasn't Ozil, it was Wobbe, had the ball, turned and saw Lacazette. Lacazette sort of points into the space he wants to run into, and uh, Wobbe plays it to feet. There was... There were a lot of of moments sort of like that where we had counter attacking opportunities uh There was one really good counter attacking opportunity where Uwobi carried it and carried it and carried it and couldn 't find the right pass and couldn 't find the right pass and then eventually got shouldered off it towards the uh towards the opposition penalty area and lost the ball and and just our lack of ability to execute on the ta- counter attack and I think we're trying to play on the counter more so in that sort of middle phase of the game where we were counter attacking to you, is that sort of the one area where this team really needs to improve now as we as we maybe possess the ball a little bit less or or press more and create these transitions? How do we what do we need to do to improve execution on the transition?
3: Um I do expect Lacazette to be a big piece of that going forward, because his the one touch he takes or the ball he lays off is always a telling ball. So I think he'll up our average. Um uh, is that to where you was
1: Ozil, though? I mean, is that Ozil's best strength, really? Being able to quickly yeah. receive and give the ball in transition the right way, the right pace, the right place?
3: Yeah, he does know. It, it, obviously, deeper in play than than Lacazette can influence. Yeah, Ozil's the smartest uh, exit plan to start a, a counter attack. I mean, he, he does know how to set up the counter. Uh, that's probably his his primary calling card his primary benefit um to a team and we we don't actually get to counter that much um and i don't think historically we've been i know there's an assumption that we're always a very good counter team because that's what people expect of us but i don't think it's been a long time since i would have said we were a great counter team we've had some good counter but not with any kind of regularity. Not like Madrid, two or well, three years ago. Even the easy ago. ones. The,
1: there was there was the yeah. one where we where we got the ball off them right deep in their own half. Remember Lacazette got it and and yeah. he had Alexis to his right and he decided to take it on and sort of unfortunately tamely hit it to the keeper. And I mean you you really have to start to execute and transition better than that because those counters, those transitions where you have two on one, three on two, in one case I think we had what four on two that resulted in the Ramsey yeah, the shot power that was recharged. well saved. Um, that's where you have to convert right those are the opportunities your easiest opportunities to get goals,
3: yeah, I mean in fact, our second goal was kind of it uh, wasn't quite a counterattack, attack, but it was after they'd been down our end and it it just loosened them up a little bit they'd gotten back, but the spaces were all that bit bit bigger and that it was that kind of extra twenty percent gap between the players that our boys managed to find their way through where they couldn't the whole game couldn't through the whole game so you know, counter-attacking should be gold. Uh, certain teams have won the championship in recent years with counter-attacking goals being the difference. Um, I don't think we're particularly good at them. I think Lacazette's a, a big uh, potential improvement, but the most important position is probably Ozil's job. And I would
1: agree with all that, Paul, but w- one player that I think could be really important for us on the counter-attack is Kalashanats, And... Clive, you know, the one thing that I notice about this guy is when he does get into those advanced areas where he does overlap and get the ball or get the ball into the box, he's really intelligent at picking out the player he wants to pass to Um, in that whatever it was, four on two counterattack or whatever that resulted in Ramsey having his shot well saved. You could argue he should do better, but I I thought it was a good save. The, the pass from Kalashinac is, is just perfect. It's a little pullback. It's right onto Ramsey's feet. And he seems to be so intelligent at picking out that ball. Is this someone that we have to really try to involve more? I mean, I realize he's on Alexis's side, and that may influence it because Alexis doesn't want to sort of stay in his traditional positions. But do we have to try to emphasize getting him involved in our, in our transitions and our attack more? Because he does seem to give a great final ball and, and maybe have even a better understanding in the attacking third than Bellerin.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's quite interesting actually. If you look at all the passing statistics on the game, our center halves really have they quite a high number. Yeah, high number of passes, right? Let me read this Monreal out just real quick. Over, uh,
1: yeah, because yeah. Monreal was over a hundred, a hundred and five. Mustafi ninety two, yeah. holding ninety nine, yeah. and then the next closest was actually Shaka at ninety four. They were all way up the pitch. They were sort of operating almost like a midfield, sliding the ball laterally to each other, trying to find someone more advanced to give it to.
2: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, stats don't tell you everything. But, you know, when a game was quite routine, you sort of can read them and sort of see where the ball is, right? And you look at Colosina, can he had was it 38 passes? Yeah, that's right. We need to have a bit more we need to have a bit more from him you know and um I think you know I think Bellerin was like at towards 47 I believe
1: yeah and looking at touches and, Bellerin 68 to 54 from Colosina so you know I think we we do tend to build up on Bellerin's side a little more
2: yeah it probably goes game by game I think uh, but it's it's something that th- there's obviously a great combination between Colosinaek and uh, Alexis and I felt we didn't really see much of him. But I still put that down to the fact that the game was easy and he's quite a combative player. And if there's no one to combat, maybe we're seeing something about him just getting through the game. And he's still adjusted. I think Bellerin had a much more combative game on his side. Uh, Solly March is a really good player on the left-hand side. And, and he had to be on his game a little bit more. Maybe that, that got him more involved and got him more touches on that side. So I, I think, you know, on that kind of attack, I was actually disappointed by it, actually and just looking at the the eight or nine red arrows running forward all in a straight line i'm thinking well this isn't going to work you know they're all in a straight line all trying to get to that point where they get the ball without really going to different points in the box where you can create different lines and make it a much easier cross and i felt the cross was made more difficult and we and we didn't quite we didn't quite finish it i, I don't i don't i don't see us as a a swift counter-attacking team I see us as a smart counter-attacking team, but that's primarily when Ozil's there because he makes such good movements and such good decisions. He always plays the, the right pass. If there's two people flying up the pitch, he picks the right person So, and he builds the attack that way very, very smartly. And, and, and that intelligence is, is definitely missed. Yeah. But if we go back to the win-backs, I think, yeah, we need to do more to get certain players more involved. And basically, it's our two new signings. Their touches and passes is a little bit lower than I would hope in a game where we dominated. And um, I mean, Lacazette, 19 passes. I mean, wow.
1: From a, from that, a centre-forward, I'm not... I mean, you know, to be fair, we've we've seen centre-forwards have that limited involvement. Giroud yeah. is routinely there. Theo's routinely below that. I, I think uh, yeah. in Koloshinats' case, I wonder, Clive, if it has to do with just sort of adjusting your thinking because for so long, I think the right fullback or right wing back was the better option in the build up was the player who was more advanced and the left wing back was the one who sat back a little more because it was Nacho yeah. Monreal maybe he had more of a defensive role that he was given although he can clearly score as we've seen I don't I wonder if maybe it has to do with Alexis and his positioning and the fact that yeah. you know he wants to carry the ball sent he gets the ball wide and carries it central I it's hard to say I mean it's it's still early days of collusionats
2: Sorry I think, you're, sorry, mate, I think yeah. you're right I think it's to do with Alexis I think um, he can be very ball dominant, yeah? Mm-hmm. And so he uses his he loses his left wing back or his left full back. He uses them as decoys because we all know he's going to come on his right side. Every now and again, he uses the overlap just to create an indecision, to create the half yard so he can come inside. And so the left wing back, is very important that they support Alexis at all times and make lots of runs. But it's maybe not as important that they get the ball because we want Alexis to have the end product. But it's important that they create the decoys. So maybe we see more combinations on the left hand side. Maybe we don't see enough in the last third because Alexis takes charge. Whereas on the right hand side, Ozil and Awobi are more sharing and caring, and they give the ball and maybe a bit more to better in on the overlap. So yeah, it's just a it could be a personality thing, really.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, this this was a weird game in a, in a lot of ways though because it the the central defense acted almost as the midfield. They were that high up. They were exchanging passes that much. Ramsey and it really didn't have much to do in terms of the build-up. A lot of times it was just bypassing him, going straight to Awobi or to Alexis. Um, you know, the, the thing is, this game got sort of panned as being boring, I think, according to some people on Twitter. I wonder, to some extent, the lack of an atmosphere at Emirates had something to do with people feeling that way. The fact that we didn't put them to the sword annoyed people, but we scored two goals, and Kalashinac had one cleared off the line. Ramsey had one brilliantly saved by the feet of the keeper. Lacazette hit the post. Lacazette tamely hit to the keeper when he either could have slid it through to Alexis or on another day finishes that pretty easily. Those are just off the top of my head. That would have made it six, and obviously you don't convert every one of these chances, but we had a lot of big chances in the game, Um, and we had a lot of movements that broke down before a chance could be created where we could have done better. So while... You know, I'd love to see us put five, six, seven, eight past teams like this. I, I thought the performance was was good and was professional, and I think a lot of it again is colored by the fact that once Theo and Giroud came on, that front three of Theo, Giroud, and Alexis doesn't look like it works to me. The game kind of petered out. I think the players had one eye on their either two weeks off or their trips to wherever they're going with their country, and, and maybe everybody just kind of packed it in for the day. Um, but Paul, I think one of the players obviously that to me was the star of the game was Alexis and he still seems to be dividing opinion. And I wonder if Clive isn't right that some of this is down to um, people protecting themselves from him inevitably leaving and just not wanting to hold them to their bosom uh, in the fear of, of the pain it will cause when he goes. But you know, he played six key passes. He, he created an absolutely sensational assist that takes three players out of the game. The kind of assist that other players just, aren't able to envision and, and execute um, inviting uh, Iwobi to score. It was, it was just an all-around good game. And then late in the game, he started dribbling into the box. He was very unlucky. Oh, here's another chance. He was unlucky to have one cleared off the line by the defender after he'd beaten the keeper with a low-curling shot from the edge of the box. Um, just really doing everything. I guess I have two questions for you about Alexis. One is, how impressed were you with his performance? But then also... Is it a concern that maybe Alexis is too much in the role of provider right now and not playing in such a way or his teammates are not playing with him in such a way to have him more on the end of moves, that he's starting moves and providing, but we really need him to be finding a way to get onto the end of more moves? Uh,
3: I'll, I'll start with the second one. I certainly think it's more of a concern for you.
1: And by the way, he took eight shots in the game. So he let us in shots. He had three on target. So I'm I'm not, you know, and, and a lot of that I do think came later in the game when he started to take it on himself to get into the box. It's funny. You guys will like this just real quick. I was making notes during the game, and I wrote, when was the last shot Alexis had inside the box? And then I wrote 61 minutes, 62 minutes, 64 minutes. Okay, Alexis is back. (laughs) But so, I mean, you know, it was one of these things where an hour into the game, he he hadn't really gotten himself into the penalty area once, and then suddenly he was doing it constantly. But sorry, go on.
3: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, my overall take on Alexis so I agree with you on the fact once you hear the raw, I'll tell you personally, it certainly makes me feel a lot freer about criticizing them. But I'm. I was always fine kind of with them being off. I made my peace with that very early on. I just look on them as kind of mercenaries at this point, which I know is a very pejorative term. But at the end of the day, they're here to do a job. They're paid to do a job. Uh, It's kind of like taking care of laboratory rats. rats. You don't give them names because you know how it's all going to end at the end of the experiment. Well, that was morbid.
1: Thanks for that. I saw a dead possum walking my dog today. (laughs) Yeah, a dead possum well, was walking your dog. The, the question, of course, is was it dead or was it playing dead? You know, how can you know?
3: The, the, the dog must have, must have uh, been very unsatisfied with the walk if a dead possum was walking your dog.
1: No, I was walking my dog and I saw a dead poss- possum on the walk with my dog. I did not see a dead possum walking my dog. I met, you said yes, you saw a dead, I saw a dead possum. Right, yes. Good point. I, I, think I was fine. walking the dog, yeah, and the said, dead possum was not You know what? This is not Twin Peaks. There was no dead possum walking my dog. Just go on.
3: Okay, so what the hell were... Oh, so, Alexis, so I think he's he was a bit sucky before, and the last two or three games, I think he's been superb. So...
1: Isn't I it find kind of it fair, too, he'd be playing play. himself back into form? I mean, he, he played in the Confederations Cup. He came back maybe fat, according to some people, but a little out of form, didn't have a preseason. I mean, this is around the time you'd expect him to start to hit his stride.
3: Yeah, he's fully fit. He's played in. He's 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 playing like the man, and I'm fine with it. So uh, I think the team will reach their own accommodation, too. I think the team dynamic will, will probably be fine because everybody knows the deal now. They're around for this season. And, you know, it's like squeezing a lemon get every bit of juice you can out of them. Use them when they're useful. In a way, it may free us up. So that's, it can go either way. It can also go a bit belly up on you. But we, if we don't make them too essential to the psyche of the team, if the team is everybody but those two guys and those two guys are your, your, your paid for stars that are there to do a job and you play them when it suits, which is most of the time great. I think Alexis has been really good. I you and I generally disagree on whether whether we lose a lot when we don't play Alexis kind of in the center or into the box. I'm fine. I love Alexis kind of playing the number 10 spot. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I like him buzzing around on the edge of the box because he'll go wherever he thinks he's greedy enough that if he thinks there's goals in the box, he'll go into the box. Nothing will stop him. And I like the fact that you don't, as a defence, he's the one player. You don't know if he's going to run at you. You don't know if he's going to bring it, uh, shuffle it to his right, and and fire off a shot at the far post. You don't know if he'll chip it over the top. It was wasn't it the FA Cup goal where he chipped it over the top and then ran on to it himself, catching his own Gary Owen. You never know what the bugger's going to do. So I love him floating around that. That kind I, I believe of,
1: you're speaking of the offside handball goal that we scored that I loved every second of, and yes, that's what
3: happened. Those, those were two tricks he threw on uh, in on top of what I said. So th- that's the beauty of Alexis, and um, I, I mean the Awobi goal to me is him buzzing around in that kind of attacking midfielder number ten spot. Uh, you, you know that that goal is we progress it up the pitch. It's awobi Lacazette, uh, Alexis, Ramsey back to you know. Uh, uh, and ends up with uh, well, we putting it in the back of the net. So you got your kind of key jokers in the pack all playing around. But uh, the, the freer Alexis is to just make shit happen. The be, he likes being busy. He likes being in the game. And I don't like to see him stuck out on the left, pinned down. And there's two ways to fix that, play him up front. But he can be our – we were talking about quiet strikers. He can be your quietest striker in terms of touches anywhere inside the box. He has to drop deep to get the ball. So I, I like both, but I really love him kind of in a kind of a su- pseudo-winger number 10 role. Spending a lot. In fact, in this game, he, he took a lot of touches in the middle and to the right. So he really was buzzing around. I yeah. kind of like it.
1: I, I do like it. And, I mean, I think – Maybe it's a case of Alexis playing a little differently when Ozil is there versus when he isn't because I think when yeah. Ozil has the ball, Alexis knows he needs to make a hurt, a hurtful run because he believes Ozil will find him or look for him there. Yeah. And maybe he just does not, you know, when Ramsey has the ball because he hates Ramsey and hopes that something bad happens to rhinoceroses or whatever. Um, uh, Or or when Iwobi has the ball, he doesn't have that same feeling. He wants the ball to feet in those situations so he can create the chance. It may also be that he feels that Lacazette is going to make the runs into the areas he wants to go. I mean, this is all sort of a work in progress right now. But I thought he was brilliant on the day. Again, six key passes. He had the the assist. He should have really unlucky not to get a goal that he created himself brilliantly. Um, It was just all over the place. and, And... I think he's coming back into the kind of form we need him to be in, Clive. I guess.
2: Can I just, can I just add one thing on the list? Well, yeah, just, yeah, just that's quickly. what I was going to say.
1: I guess you know what. What would you say in terms of the form he's in, but also the, the role he's playing?
2: I think Paul nailed it earlier when he said he, he he um he's a bit more Ozil-ish when Ozil's not there. He takes on more responsibility. He tries to be the creative leader, especially early in games, which I like. Every every player needs confidence, and he's full of it. And so he takes care of that for Iwobi. He said, give me the ball. I'll, I'll get us started. I'll get us moving. I'll get the rhythm going. And later in the game, once we scored, he moved into the box. We He moved much higher up, created a problem higher up. And one thing I will say, you know, we're all we're all huge fans and lots of people listen to huge fans. And we watch players, we analyze players, we analyze other teams. And every team's got a a set of analysts that analyse players' movements and try to understand what they're like and create tracks for them. If you're analysing Alexis, he must be the hardest player to work out what he's going to do because we've watched him for a few years now and he's still creating things we've never seen before. Right? So, he is so hard to, to understand and assess and put a plan together for because he's unique. He's totally unique about how he, he gives you the ball, takes it away from you. Sometimes he's dangerous when he's just lost the ball, which is really hard to plan for. He almost, Suarez used to do it, they give you it and take it back from you. Mm-hmm. And we, we just, you've almost created a transition high up he's just a genius footballer That's once he's mentally present he's very difficult to stop he's got a very fast reaction to any sort of trauma or or sort of unstructured football around him he sees things really really quickly that doesn't make him the most efficient but it makes him incredibly dangerous and incredibly hard to read and in the modern game like I say when we can video analyse anybody that makes him incredibly valuable and I think um yeah, we started to see him back to that level now. And as Tim said in the last time we spoke, I think he's only got one game in satchel break. So we're going to get arrested Alexis back for the next period. And let's see what we can do in the upcoming weeks.
1: It'll be interesting. I, I mean, I, I we're going to come on to the Alexis Nozzle thing in a minute in terms of their role in the team and, and how, how we should be handling that and what the future holds short term for them. But, you know, one thing that frustrated me. I can understand be coming off at 70 minutes. He's coming back from injury. He's a pretty important player. I mean, arguably the first player in the team if we're missing anyone from that front three. So I understand protecting him a little bit. But to take Lacazette off at 70 minutes was a little bit frustrating. And I realize you got to be careful with these players. And the Premier League is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's going to be tough for him to adjust to that when we start to get into... December and January so maybe now is the time to spare the the miles on his legs but I mean Paul isn't there an argument that it's just so important for us to learn him and him to learn us and this was a game that was pretty easy and it was safe and sort of a chance for us to hurt them as they, you know, they tried to push on a little bit more late in the game. Would you like to have seen Lacazette stay on instead of Giroud coming on? I mean, obviously I would because, as everybody knows, uh, you know, I'm not Giroud's number one super fan. But forgetting even that Giroud and Walcott and and, and Alexis together kind of killed the game because it just didn't work and the game petered out from there. Is there a benefit in a game like this to giving Lacazette the 90 so we can get the feel for 90 minutes in his legs in the Premier League and really start to gel? with this team. Every minute we get with him is like an extra preseason minute, so to speak, in the in the last twenty minutes of a game like this.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I see that. And uh, I certainly agree that it didn't look like it was a formation that was going to work great either.
1: I mean isn't it isn't um, it the one we used uh, f- forgive me for getting this wrong. I we used that front three. Theo Giroud and Alexis. Was it against was it in the Europa League that we that we most recently used it and it looked a little disjointed? Or maybe it was against Cologne? Cologne yeah, or, Cologne. That's yeah. it, yeah, when, when yeah, we really kind of just struggled to, to get into yeah. a rhythm. But so, yeah, I mean, we know that doesn't work. I, I think forgetting that That
3: would be yeah. my major criticism of it. I mean, you can argue it either way. Uh, uh, I can see why he wants to get Giroud some time. Uh, but it, it, it's kind of like playing the kids... In the in the uh, Carabao Cup, you got to give them a structure to play win, with. You can't overdo it, and I kind of feel these subs kind of da- downgraded the overall performance and structure a little bit. That took away from it. Um, I think if he if he hadn't brought Giroud and Theo, who don't do a lot for each other, I can see bringing Giroud on. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it's a long season. I think keeping Giroud involved and happy and effective and part of the team is good. And keeping, you know, Lacazette, I think we have to trust. He said some things that it's a very physical league, that yeah. it may still be taking it out of him. That meant it, That means that mentally it's taking quite a quite a lot out of him. So but you don't so want him getting there a bet, jaded on no, easy
1: I, but I guess the the counter argument for me then would be in 20 minutes of a game that's won that didn't necessarily have the intensity of your average Premier League game with a two-week international break coming up, was this a chance to get 90 minutes into his legs, really get him synced up with his teammates, maybe even get him a goal in those last 20 minutes to sort of keep his hot start at the Emirates going and just build that rapport, build those, those relationships on the pitch that it's kind of hard to do when you're only playing 60, 65, 70 minutes you know every game, and he—he and he, he was. There were some games he was left out altogether. You know, not to mention Europa and Carabao games, he's not playing. So really, he—he's only had three or four games with Alexis. I think it's—it feels important to sort of get these guys on the same wavelength.
2: Yeah, Clive. Yeah, it, it does. But I'm not. I'm not in a sprint, mate. It's, I'm not in a sprint to see this happen, right, guys. Now. I'm trying to create think...
1: some kind of conflict here, some kind of <laughs> crisis, some kind of some kind of controversy. <laughs> Paul's not taking the bait. He's throwing it to I've, you. I've I mean, got
3: one for you. Yeah. I've got one for you. You'll enjoy. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of hit of uh, beating up of Chaka in this game, and just generally beating on him. And I went back and looked at it specifically oh, to look at Chaka. And I thought he was fine. I mean, it wasn't a great game for him, but I don't think it was a critical game for fault. him, period.
1: I mean, the, the 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 positions Shaka usually takes up were taken up yes. by Holding and 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 Mustafi and Nacho Monreal in this game. When Shaka gets further up the pitch— And he generally had a,
3: a striker one side of him and a, yeah. a midfielder on the other. Yeah, and, and so that's not his best so the game kind of was played around him.
1: Yeah, and by the way, I mean he still played, sure. played 100 passes in 82 minutes. So I mean he was involved. I just think those hurtful, progressive line-breaking passes and and sprayed long-range passes that that are the ones that really catch your eye with him are harder to do when you're playing in the attacking third um, and everybody's condensed into a 10 And you've got, a, and and you got a mass
2: defense in front of yeah, you. Yeah,
1: exactly, right, exactly. So. He's he's not. So, yeah. He's it was, not allowed. He's not. Was fat. this
3: nice curling cross for the free kick? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Lacazette. I mean, he might have over-egged it a little bit. I'm not sure he pushed, meant to push Lacazette to the inch of the line. But that was the that was the free that was the thing that opened up that particular. You move.
1: expect because he's such a good passer that in the final third he'll have that final ball, the through ball, the dagger ball that Ozil or Fabregas, you know, in days gone by would have played. He doesn't. He really doesn't. He's. He's a linking player. He's, he's a, I mean, he can break lines, but he's not a final ball player. And so when he's in that final third, when he gets pushed that far up the pitch, I just think it neutralizes some of his effectiveness. Um, so since Clive doesn't want to take the bait on Lacazette not being subbed, let's come on to the Alexis Nozel debate. And Clive, I know you're sort of hungry to get to this. Squad composition is going to become a big question mark in the summer and potentially in January. So the first question I want to ask you is just the conspiracy mm-hmm. question, um, and it's not about yep. the moon landing. It is about Ozel do you think that Ozil is being managed out of the squad with a potential January departure lined up?
2: So, this is how I think it's playing out, right? So, in January, from January the 1st, they can sign a pre-contract, or Ozil can sign a pre-contract with another club. It seems pretty obvious. Um, If you listen to Miguel Delaney, if you listen to him carefully, he knows that Mourinho wants Ozil. So, what Arsenal need to do, if they don't want that to happen, they don't want Mourinho to be gloating for six months into the end of the season that he's got Arsenal's you know, the best number 10 in world football for nothing, Arsenal got to create a market, they got to create some interest, they got to create some angst to say if you want to take him you've got to give him an offer that's going to be better than the offer he's going to get from Tension for Manchester United and and Inter Milan are sitting there, and they're thinking, well, we, we would like him, but we're now in competition potentially with Manchester United. Potentially. Bayern Munich don't mind a free transfer. Dortmund don't mind a free transfer. So if you get that amount of people trying to get him, then it's all about what they offer, and can someone offer something different, even to the club, to make that the favorite option? Right? So He's
1: not going to Dortmund. Uh, this is a guy who's going to sign for the biggest money he can get, so that rules them out.
2: Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what motivates him actually because I sort of offered, you know, I, I sort of offered him around two hundred eighty thousand, and he wants three fifty. Well, then it now, does motivate. <laughs> it does motivate.
1: Him. Uh, yeah, but, I'm, I, but I would I'm say you just contradicted
2: him. yourself, my friend. Yeah, but what <laughs> I mean by that is, but it, 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 it's that number which I don't think he deserves. Is that number just there to say, "Well, I, I'm I'm just not staying here"?
1: Ah, I see. You know? It's a straw man. Yeah, it's a red herring. It's a, yeah, it's a ham bone. It's, and, um, it, uh, it I must say,
3: Elliot, you're getting very perky for a man who saw a dead possum walking your dog this morning.
1: <laughs> he may not have been dead. With a possum, there's no way to know.
2: Yes, yeah, so I think I'll just have no for him,
1: Keep going. Sorry, Cliff. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, Arsenal just created a market. They're trying to create a market for him. And that market wasn't there in the summer or they would have done something. Right, So that market is getting closer now. And he's looking more of a bargain than he would have done it in a year in his transfer. So, but, so, but do you I think he's happening. being managed I, I don't out of the club?
1: Do you think he's injured? And, and when he's fit, he'll be back in? Or do you think that he is now going to be an irregular participant who makes substitute appearances and the occasional start, but will be managed out of a major role for the squad?
2: Well, let's just go back two months, right? So two months, we had to, the two of them, if I, if you had to choose between the two of them which one was going to stay, we all would have said Ozil was staying. We all read little things that he'd, you know, he's happy in London, he'd, re, you know, he'd, he'd re-signed in his box for the year, and we're thinking, yeah, well, he's going to stay, just a matter of time, went to the summers over, and he'll sign. Now he's looking completely like the one that's going to go, almost, almost more so than Sanchez, right? So, um, so things change very, very quickly. And Then you hear, I read something else today saying that Arsenal haven't really spoken to him properly since January. He hasn't rejected a contract at all, and he's, and he's still waiting for talks. I think it's very dangerous to sort of speculate what's going on, because none of us really know. I do, think, I do think, you know, in my guesses, there's a market being created. Is that because I'm much? I'm one of those people that always thinks players can go. I, I honestly don't care about them. I, I think they can go. I'd much rather be a situation where we have a set of players that really want to play for us. So I'm not overly hung up on on or and Sanchez. Although I do worry about their impacts our team dynamic and how we're going to actually replace that. But, um, Clyde, no with what you're saying, I, all the time.
1: I'm a little nervous that you're suggesting that having both of these guys in the final year of their contract isn't ideal. And I'm pretty sure Arsene said yeah. it was ideal, so I don't know what he you're did, driving and, at.
2: And if Arsene said it, and well, we must all believe it. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. this situation is going to be nice well, and stress-free for us all.
1: Well, you, look, you know my my take on this. If you're not going to get money for an asset in the summer and you decide to keep him at that point you have to find a way to deploy him I mean look Mesut is a supremely talented player and I am not prepared to buy any of the bullshit that we're better without him I don't believe that I don't see that you know he he won we all these FA Cups we won we won since he arrived and he started in all those games and I know he's had some high profile shit show performances but I got news for you he didn't do them alone um You know, whether that was two legs against Byron or, you know, whatever games where he didn't show up. He gets the focus because he's a big player, but he's not the only player that didn't show up in those games. Um, And I I think now he's got a player in Lacazette that he could potentially thrive with. Um, We know that he and Alexis thrive together. I think you have to find a way to get these guys into the squad together. Because the other thing that bothers me that I've read a lot... And Paul, I'm going to come on to you, and I know you want to uh, say nasty things about Miguel Delaney, so I will let you do that in a moment. Um, but the, the, the thing that bothers me is I read a lot on Twitter and in blogs saying, these guys aren't the future of the club, so we need to start to move on from them. How does that make any sense? They're in the squad now. This season isn't a preseason for next season. How does it help us move on from Ozone Alexis to not play them this season? You can say, well, because we could find other players that could play the role. Great. Then why don't we just mail in this season, play all our games at a training pitch, and use this as preseason for next season? This season counts. And as long as Ozone Alexis are in the squad, they are our two best players, and they should be playing. That's it. You kept them, you use them. And if you wish you hadn't kept them, well, I'm sorry you fucked up, but you did, and now this is the bed you made, and you have to lie in it. I just... It does not make any sense to me to suggest that not playing these guys allows us to move away from them. You know when we can move away from them? When they're gone. That's what the summer's for, and that's when we can do it. So, I'm sorry. Using this season as a training exercise in being better without Ozone Alexis is the height of stupidity, in my opinion. Now, Paul... I mean, Jesus. I, I know you don't like, and I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, by the way. I'm saying the suggestion that that's what we should do does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Now, I know you want to add a bit on Miguel Delaney. Jesus. I assume you, you have a lot of negativity to, to, to add to the podcast on that front. But I also want to get your opinion on you know, whether you, you agree with this notion that somehow uh, weaning us off of Ozo while he's still at the club is in our best interest.
3: Yeah, just a quick word on Miguel Delaney. And no, it's not really negative. It might be the opposite. It might be positive. Um, he cut his teeth on the Manchester beat, on specifically Manchester United. His contacts are really good. Uh, his, his article on Ozil was unequivocal. You could basically say it's pretty damn close to done. And the fact that they want the word out there, uh, that, you know, if I were betting any money, it wouldn't even be it'd be that versus all other possibilities put together. I'd still bet on that. So I think there's me a really, too, chance, really too. big chance he's going to United it and it's, it's kind of done and dusted. Um, I and mean, I, I think, I, I think
1: care. Jose would do it just to put a thumb in Arson's eye, you know, just because yeah, that's no. how he works. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the two, I fully endorse your view. The guys are here. We knew they were going to be here. Um, I think the manager and the players will be far more pragmatic because it's their season than we emotional supporters. Uh, We can kind of stay out of it. I mean, we're we're free to have our opinions, but we can kind of stay out of it and let them work it out between them. I think Alexis is the guy you try and start every game as long as he's not injured or completely out of uh, form or whatever because he's a very honest player in the sense of effort. Although uh, I'm not saying he's dishonest, but when the when the game's against him, he, his his involvement can start to slip if he's massively frustrated by how we're approaching the game, our tactics, etc. The big games, he slides out of it because he looks at it and he uh, and he thinks to himself, "This is not how you we get back into this game." And he, uh, to me, he mentally kind of slides out of the game. So if there's one of them that you kind of put in when it suits you and don't for me, it's Ozil. Um, but if the guy brings it, he's in good form. He's in good shape. Great. You, like you said, you've got them for the season. You use them for the season. Um, any player could be gone next summer. Ramsey could be gone. Bellerin could be gone. You could go right down the list. Um so you just got to be, you know, you got to be practical about this shit. They're here for Alex as long Song as they're here. Alex Song went be- to Barcelona.
1: I mean, any player yeah. could leave at any moment. You know, the, the idea that you don't yep. use them while they're in the squad is crazy. And it, Paul, to your point, here's what's infuriating to me. If if you cannot use Ozil because you don't trust him to put in an honest performance, you are now paying his wage and losing him for free and not using him then the fact that you didn't sell him this summer, is that you sell him for a million pounds if you have to. If you literally don't trust him enough that you think you cannot use him, and I'm, again, I'm not saying he's either the case. helping
3: you or hurting you, right? yeah, yeah, in the squad. There's no, there is no
2: neutral or you didn't use him. If he's not have, helping, he's going to be hurting. Yeah, we have, we are assuming that um, he's not injured. That's a big assumption.
1: No, 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 no. So, yeah. so let me let me say one thing, Clive. I'll let, I'll let you finish this, but my point was not that. I do think that's what we're doing. My point was I've seen suggestions we should be weaning off of him. We should be okay. starting to, you know, suggestions that the right thing is to, is to start to uh, um, ease him out of the squad and, and find alternatives. And that, that's what I'm responding to. I'm not saying that's what we're doing. We're sort of okay. debating the, the intelligence of not just using Ozil as much as you can while he's here.
2: Yeah. Okay. That's my, I, like I say, I think it's I think it's just human self protection mechanism. That's what it is. People trying to think forward. I, I do it myself sometimes. I think, well, I don't care about him. I don't care. Let's move forward. Let's have a look at Jack. Let's have a look at Ramsey. Let's have a look at Iwobi. When we all know deep down that Errol's different class to to all of them, right? And, um, and and that's it. And let's be honest with ourselves. That's it. He has days where he has bad days, but so do all those other players we just mentioned. Right, so, um, and
3: what we what we've really got to knuckle down to do is just yank him at 60 or 65 or 70 minutes as it makes sense in the game. Either his mind's drifting or he doesn't suit the That's tactics. That's what they did don't, with him at Madrid. Don't That's minutes. What, He never 92. went beyond yeah.
1: 65 minutes at Madrid his entire career there. And they loved him there. And Cristiano Ronaldo threw a fit when he left. And by the way, Manchester United can buy yeah, any Mar- player in the world. Literally any player in the world. So while I would not suggest that they don't get it wrong, they get it wrong. The idea that they want Mesut Ozil for a manager who tends to be about dour, disciplined football and who tends to make... You know, to uh, ostracize players that he doesn't enjoy, like what he did with Juan Mata in in days gone by. And, I mean, for a club that has endless resources, the fact that they've targeted this guy, you know, I mean, it, suggests that he Mourinho can not Mourinho has
2: already had him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so the, 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 issue, the issue is Mourinho will manage him and he won't just play him every minute. Ozil has said won't... that
1: himself, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mourinho will manage him. He'll manage him, and he <laughs> will not make him a, a complete untouchable. He'll manage him. He'll use him for 65 minutes, and he'll manage him. Right? He'll use him in a 4-2-3-1. He'll be one in the one in the middle, and they will have two flyers on the outside, and a flyer, a monster up front. And they will have Pogba and, and Matic behind him. And then he'll sit in that little armchair and he'll pop that ball about with All these huge athletes running around him like Martial, Rashford, Lukaku. And he'll be sat in the middle there. He won't be competing with Ramsey, running past him, having to run back into Ramsey's hole and cover him. And when he doesn't, he gets criticised for not working hard enough by Robbie Savage et al. He won't have to do that. He won't have he won't have wing backs running to the corner flag and not getting back because marina won't won't suffer that so he'll be sitting in a comfy armchair popping the ball about looking great and that's the difference and when he doesn't do it he'll get taken off he won't get pandered to he won't be allowed to walk around and then get selected next game no problem right so yeah. and that's what we've that's what we've allowed to manifest with him and certain others not everybody certain others so the guy needs managing He's a brilliant player. He needs a certain style of management. And I think he's i think he's really used his close relationship with Arsene Wenger to get exactly what he wants. Now he's going to walk away from our club for very little money, if any at all. And, uh, and certain people hold him up on a pedestal. Well, I hold him up a on a pedestal for the technical side of his game because the way he plays football is wonderful. But he's no Arsenal legend for me. Because he hasn't reflected that back to the club, And if he leaves that way, then I'm afraid he goes into the Oxay Chamberlain bucket. Well, but he doesn't Oxlade- go into that bucket. We got paid, Oxay Chamberlain. We got paid. Well, right? Macedo's so, delivered more
1: high, more enjoyable football for me than Ox. And he delivered three FA Cups. It's
2: not about it's not about delivery. It's about how you exit, right? So um, people That's are fair. taking me, care of Oxay Chamberlain, but we got paid. We're not gonna, We're potentially not going to get paid any money at all. For somebody we spent 42.5 million pounds on, not 15 million pounds. I
1: mean, that that is our fault,
2: FYI, though. Absolutely. It's absolutely Um, our
1: fault. Anyway, look, the fact of the matter is, amazingly, we have a chance at top four. I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but as reductive as it sounds, our entire universe as Arsenal this season should be getting back into that top four. You've said that, Clive. And and while I think the Manchester teams are away and in the distance and gone, Uh, Spurs will will struggle through the holiday period in January and stuff because of the style they play with Pochettino. They'll have to rotate, and they don't have a deep enough squad to do that. And I think maybe if Kane picks up a knock, they could be in big trouble also. So they could struggle. But Liverpool and Chelsea look like they have real potential problems. Um, And... Against all odds, I think we could be there. If you beat up on the small teams, we just have to take a few points here and there in some big games. And we could do it, but I think we're going to need to squeeze whatever is left out of Ozil and Alexis to do that. Um, And so, you know, my hope is that we are not using this season as a look ahead to next season, as a look ahead to the future, as a way to prepare for life without these guys. We should be squeezing the last little bits out of them to get back into that top four and help potentially recruit because, as Paul says— they may go, they probably will. But Ramsey may go and Bellerin may go and Giroud is probably gone and who knows what's happening with Koshelney who's starting to wind down and Murdesaka's retiring and you can go right through the squad and you have these problems everywhere. So it is it is a case of doing everything in our power right now to get top four and I, I think that starts with getting the most out of Ozone Alexis that you can before you know, before they're gone. Paul, I mean, do you have anything to add on how you think we should use them and, and whether you think there is there is an argument i mean do you think they will go either of them will go in january uh i doubt it
3: uh, i can't see why that would make, i mean we don't have to let them go i we? mean
1: if if there's a chance to recoup even you know 20 25 million i mean who knows if you could get that in january but they can sign yeah, pre-contracts uh, it, in january
3: it looks bad, though, if, if they go in January. I think the only way one of them goes is if there's a real rupture in the relationship that I would doubt has happened already. I mean, I don't think there's anything suspicious going on at the moment. I think it's injuries with the Ozil. Do you put any stock in that within,
1: in that column that came out today about how the team is frustrated with Alexis Nozzle for not going to that media day? I don't know if did sure. you read this. So there was a report that yep. there was a media event that Ozone Alexis blew off. That they both could have been yep. there. That there was no reason why they couldn't, and that the team was frustrated. I mean, do you buy that that rift may yep. may exist? I
3: a- and who yes. and who cares? Uh, Does it fucking matter? I, I think they very quickly. That's why I use the term mercenary. At the end of the day. It, you you don't care that your mercenaries don't believe in the cause. You care that they fight, and they care that they get paid. Well, they're getting paid, and they want to look good this year. Um, so, and you want them to be professional, and they want to be seen as professional. I mean, there's nothing nailed on. Uh, maybe Mourinho's made his ma- mind up about Ozil, but Ozo wants to play in the World Cup, and there's a lot of young guns trying to take yeah. his place. So he wants, yeah. a, he wants a shop window. Alexis uh, may be safe from a World Cup standpoint, but there's nothing nailed on for his, you know, he's whatever, 28 going on 29. Um, He needs to be able to prove that at the end of this season, he's good value for another two or three seasons. If he wants the contract, if he wants Pep really chasing him. So they both have enough to play for that. uh, And if they have a reasonable relationship with the manager. And the team has an understanding of what what they can expect from them. I mean, uh, it's a big deal. But on the other hand, who gives a fuck if they show up to our media events at this stage? It's almost a mutual embarrassment. So uh, (laughs) I'm not giving them... Also, who, them a
1: who are yeah. these Arsenal heroes who have the right to get upset at Ozone Alexis for anything, honestly? I mean, you've got Laurent Koscielny, maybe Nacho Monreal. I mean, who the fuck else has any right to get mad at these guys? It's not exactly like we have a murderer's row of Arsenal legends and captain potential players. Yeah, I mean, Sacker, Koscielny, Monreal. Yeah, except
3: it, it does have a bit of the, we're all doing this. And you guys have now nominated yourself as been. There's too always big two for your sets poop. of
1: rules for superstars in sports. I mean, maybe it doesn't work in football, but right. throughout sport, you All can I look at that. Been until
3: this year, though. Well, squad, well, I'm so. saying
1: I'm saying at other clubs and in other sports. Arsenal, you know, Arsene yeah. Wenger has really tried to manage that and prevent that from developing at Arsenal. I just don't know how much squad harmony matters. I, I think it can yeah. get toxic enough that it matters. I, I'm just yeah. not sure that. That well, it matters we'll get to as much as Yeah, good good point. Because because you got to agree, right? I mean, we're we're theoretically as much as I can't believe it. We're probably in the top four conversation, aren't we? We are.
2: We are. We are. And I think we have two tricks on the top four. We've got the Europa League, and we've got squad depth. Right, and the Europa League allows us to play different teams, and and then the squad depth we have is we may not have as many superstars as some of the others, but we have lots of comparable players when you go first eleven, second eleven. There are the gap between our not best at the back, my and friend. friend. Well, <laughs> yeah, and we know we we know you've got a win back issue, right? But every team's got gaps, right? So but what you do when you build a squad, you try to make the gap between your best player and your worst player not be too large. And I think we're we're in good shape in that regard. That may not be such a good thing by the way, because maybe the gap our best player our best player is so far away our best player. That's that's an issue, right? And we sometimes look like that when we play. But if you look at, you know, just Chelsea losing just one centre-forward in the big game and their game plan fell apart and they got beaten at home, right? So um, there are, I know Man, Man City have, have lost a couple of players this week in Aguero and Mendy. They got away with it because Chelsea were tied post-Madrid. But that's going to cause some problems, right? You know, how are they going to sustain that? People will pick on that left back hole. They will pressure that side once they recognise what's going on, and so there are there are gaps in every club, right? You know, if Ashley Young is starting for Manchester United, that's an issue. If Moreno is starting for for Liverpool with that back four, that's an issue, right? So, our squad depth is not too bad, and this is why I think if we focus on the Premier League, and we've approached the Europa League perfectly, in my opinion, it's been great experience, much better than I thought it would have been. It's been great to see those players and develop some more players in the squad and retain their confidence. Rob Holding was a broken shell a few weeks ago, plays in Europa League. He's back in the room, 90-odd passes again, looking quite good, looking like a player again. So the competition is helping us. I'm not sure we could have recovered Rob Holding in the Champions League. It would have been more difficult. So, um, that's Great our trick. Rob
3: Holding tackle in the game, wasn't there?
2: Uh, yeah, first half, I
3: think. Locking a shot on goal. We were
2: worried about him. I was worried about him. He, he He was running through quicksand. He didn't look athletic. You know, he needs to... He needs to go. He needs to really look at his physicality and really look at how he's running and moving. There's a player in there, but we need to really nurture him on the physical side. Make sure we maximise his body power in the challenge. But when he's confident, he looks like a different person, and um, we start to see him turn a corner again. Iwobi was gone a few weeks back, but the Europa League has given him a fresh lease of life. He's back in the room again. Chelsea performance has also helped with that. So. We're finding a few players that can do a job, and that's really important for the games we've got upcoming. What we need to do, and this is where your, your fear is, Elliot, and you, you make a, some really good points about getting our best players on the pitch. When we play those really good sides at home, I don't think we can do it with the bit park players. We need to have all the top boys playing ready and in the right level of cohesion to beat them. And at, that, at this moment in time, our three superstars that we can all name, we haven't really seen them and we don't know what the potential of the team is. And they often say, your team is as good as your forwards and we've got three really good players there and we haven't seen them and we're not sure if we're going to. And um, that's a shame, really, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Yep, Clive, uh, Paul, I mean, you had a final word there?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I just, I, uh, but, I mean,
3: game of opinions and all that, but we will. I, there's absolutely no reason we aren't going to see Ozil as part of that front three as as soon as he's fully fit, is my opinion. We'll see. But, well,
1: yeah. and it, look, I I mean, here, here's the other and problem, soon. I mean, th- that you run into, right, is if, if you don't do it soon— I mean, the thing that is a little bit worrying, look, we are rightly rotating for Carabao Cup and Europa League. None of us think that's the wrong decision. I mean, I was a little worried about what we were doing at the back in our our game at Badé-Borisov. But look, we are rightfully rotating in those competitions. The problem is we really haven't been able to consistently put out the same side in the Premier League Uh, Since the season started. And Alexis is now back in. And he's played with Lacazette. That's great. But like Lacazette, Ozil and Alexis haven't played together. We really do want the Ramsey and Chaka midfield to develop. Although that's had more time dating back to last season. But when we come back from the international break. We're away to Watford. Just Premier League wise. We're away to Everton. home, uh, Home to Swansea. Then it gets tricky. Then we're at City. Then we host Spurs. Right. I mean then two games that are winnable. And then. We host United. Going into that patch, going into that run that sort of takes us from uh, the beginning of November to the beginning of December, I would like to believe that if Ozone, Alexis, and Lacazette are going to play together, they'll have done it. They'll have bedded in a little bit. They'll have had the t- We're running out of time To get the 11 into position and know our first choice 11. I don't think any of us on this podcast would suggest that Arsene Wenger is talented at rotating and managing a squad. Forgetting Europa League and Carabao. I'm not talking about that. I mean in the Premier League. That he is best when he has a settled first 11 that he knows who to pick. And Clive, I'm not sure where you're jumping in here, but what I was going to just finish with is... I think we have to pretty soon settle on a best first 11 and trust it or we're going to be in that weird position where you get into the busy period of fixtures and the manager is still searching for his right 11.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I don't mind what he's doing right now. I think it's important that we go to those games with a fit set of players. I think that's really important that we have the right dynamics, the right players, fit and fresh and available. You know, I want to see the the best players play. We've all got a vision in our mind and how it could work. But I'd rather see it when it's really important. It's more important to see it in those games like Everton and City and Spurs than it is for Brighton at home. It, it really is. And if Lacazette's like got to come off so he doesn't pull a calf, that's fine by me. We've got a history of this, haven't we? We've got a history. We reach this period. We go into Europe and we lose players all the time. Well, actually, we're going to get a couple back after international break. We will get Cockleland back. We we'll get, you know, we were talking about we were waxing about Danny Welbeck a few weeks ago. We've not mentioned him tonight. Football, football fans' memories are very, very short. Danny Welbeck comes back into that front area. We can go any. We can go anywhere. We can be aggressive. We can press more. I, I think it's just important that we have as many options as possible so we go into these games. With most of our, if not all of our, good players available, and we're not overplaying them, like we've done in, in, in days gone past, I'm glad he's not overplaying Ramsey. And guess what? We've, he hasn't pulled a little muscle for a while because he has been rested for the odd midweek game, right? So he's now, he's now looking good. Shaka looked tired in the last game. He's now been rested, and he looked a lot fresher after the um, on the game at the weekend against Brighton than he did versus West Brom. We are able to do it because of the Europa League, and if we keep rotating, when it comes to the crunch, I think we're going to be in a much better shape than we have been in previous years. Paul, last words?
3: Yeah. So, j- just quickly on what Clive said in terms of fitness and energy, especially with these big games. I mean, especially against somebody like Spurs, you're going to want the energy levels high. Um, you put that. You don't think of us as a physical team or a pressing team, but we were actually by some metrics, the fourth-pressingest team last season. And
1: we are again this season, by the way.
3: And we are again this season. So, you know, people say we're not very good at pressing, maybe, but we're pretty good at getting the ball back one way or another. Um, Welbeck will help that, getting him back. Uh, He's probably a significant factor in leading the charge. But generally, if you think about it, there's a reason teams sit back uh, a lot against us and because we keep... Nip Nicking the ball back from them uh, on average every fourteen seconds that they have the ball, we get it back from them, so those energy levels will be a big difference throughout the season if we can that's kind of our uh, part of our modus operandi we're not we don't press like city or Spurs uh, but we or like Liverpool who've actually tailed off as we've probably all seen, but we do press consistently uh by having a high line, by Monreal and Mustafi and those guys pushing forward, uh, nicking the ball, Koscielny, Kolasinac, they all have that nip in front of the other player and steal the ball back thing. Um, so, uh, to Clive's point, that fitness, you know, I'm with them on that. I, I see what you're saying in terms of by the time we play City, you'd want to have that front three well we're in. Just, just your not.
1: eleven in general. You just want. You, I'd like yeah. us to know because I, I am not. Yeah, I, I agree. I do not have a ton of faith in arson changing lineups game in game out you know, for the situation. I I think where he's at his best is when he settles on an 11 that works really well and sticks with it for the most part. Now, look, I get you have to rotate. That's, again, Carabao Cup, fine. Europa League, fine. Um, Maybe an easy home fixture against a bottom half side and you want to give someone a day off, again, fine. But I I think he needs to start to know what his best 11 is. Ozil hasn't even been in it yet with Alexis and Lacazette. Um, Welbeck is going to come back. I I just, there's some questions that need to be answered and we're running out of time before we get to the part of the season where, it's just every every couple of days you've got a big game so um hopefully we'll figure that out. Look, we uh we have an international break to mull all this over. We'll try to produce a pod or two between now and the end of the international break on whatever interesting topic pops into our mind um or on the injury crisis that develops. So uh Paul's on Twitter at pause in my pants. Thanks pause. Clive's on Twitter at Clive PFC. Thanks
2: Clive. Thanks, man.
1: We did not get a chance to get into the critical question of whether or not you should be allowed to take a selfie or whether you should have to be drawn and quartered uh, in the public square for doing it. Uh, but I think for I now... I bet they'd
3: take a selfie of that. So, someone them.
1: would definitely film them doing that. By the way, I do have to... I mean, you know the your dad types would definitely have been like taking selfies of themselves in their clobber with the firm before the big fight after the match. You know, the big, big hooligan thingy so don't
2: the good old old days the good old
1: days back back when football was what it was supposed to be about which is people fighting in alleyways look I've seen green street hooligans I know how this works Um, okay enough is enough Uh, my name is Elliot Smith you can block me on Twitter Yankee Gunner please give us five star review and write nasty things about Tim in the comments Tim will be here he'll be back don't worry he's not going anywhere he just has things going on in his life and we don't so that's why we're here in any event we appreciate you dear listener being here uh, much more than Tim who you're going to write nasty things about in the comment section anyway okay guys Great talking to you we'll uh, we'll try to get one or two of these out during the break and uh, hopefully you won't miss the football too much. Goodbye.